The Z-Ball Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast and our preview of the 2020 NBA Finals, recording this on a Tuesday night in Southern California, about 22 hours away from the tip-off of Game 1 of the 2020 NBA Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. And joining me to discuss all this from San Diego, California, lifelong Los Angeles Lakers fan, Jay. What up, Jay? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you, Z? Doing well, enjoying uh, all the basketball action that's going on, and uh, we have ourselves a good finals matchup, in my opinion, coming up. So it should be an exciting one. LeBron back in the finals after a one-year hiatus, and the Miami Heat back in the finals after a six-year hiatus. So it should be a fun matchup. We'll see what happens. So congratulations to you, first of all, being a Laker fan. It's been 10 years since the Lakers have been in the finals. And it should be exciting to see to see them back in the finals exactly 10 years after they last were in the finals and beat the Celtics. And just because, because of everything that's happened this year with all, all the situation with COVID and then the loss of the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant. So a lot a lot of stuff that the Lakers have gone through with a new team. And it's, it's good to see them here and, and a good matchup with the Heat. So. Let's get started. What are your kind of initial thoughts on, on the series? Uh, obviously, we probably most people didn't expect to see Miami here. So, what do you think are the keys for your Lakers uh, to get their seventeenth uh, championship? Hopefully, uh, you know, obviously the key is LeBron. Being has to be LeBron. AD has to uh, continue what he's been doing, which is you know, answering the call if he can be that guy. And I think um, throughout the course of the playoffs, he's been like to go to guys to run his office through him. But, you know, I, I think it would be very tough for the Lakers to lose due to, let's say, unforeseen injuries. They play off Rondo, they play off Rondo, they can't hit the three, they all of a sudden stop defending. I feel like it's just like any other Lakers series, as long as they handle business, it's Lakers in five, in my opinion. Okay, I mean, in regard to Miami, uh, they, they beat Indiana in four in the first round. Then they upset Milwaukee in the second round in five games, and then they beat Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals in six games. So they've employed a lot of different defensive sets, and uh, a, a main uh, cog of that has been the zone defense that they've played. And then in, in these uh, three series before the NBA Finals, they've done very well defensively against the opposing team stars. The Lakers present a different challenge where they have two legitimate super-duper stars in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And on the other side for the Lakers, uh, they haven't never really gone up against the zone so far. So 
what's kind of your assertion, uh, analysis on, on that end in, in terms of Miami going up, having to defend two legitimate super-duper stars? What's their strategy there? And then the Lakers' strategy on the other end, uh, going against uh, the Miami Heat zone, which has shown to be an effective last series against uh, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you know, they've been very, uh, not a lot of people give uh, Eric Spolstra a lot of credit, but, you know, his defensive scheme has been working very well. It presents a lot of problems to Boston, but, you know, I, I think LeBron can figure it out. I think I, I saw a uh, debate or whatever on the ESPN or whatever that, I think he went through uh, his own defense against San Antonio. He kind of figured it out, and they won in, was it in seven or six? Was it that when he was at Miami, right? Yeah, that was the 2013, so... Uh that was basically when they they dared LeBron just to become a jump shooter, and he he, he answered the call and uh, was able, they were able to beat the the Spurs in Game Seven that time. I mean, he he hit all exactly. those big shots he hit were pretty much mid range jumpers, long range jumpers. So uh, I think, and obviously to beat a zone, they say the, the the main thing is get the ball in the middle and then try to try to look at the basket and then. You have to kind of cut slash the middle, and then you obviously have to have your your shooters uh, knock down uh, op- open three pointers because that's you're going to move the ball around and the the zone's going to be rotating, and sometimes they're going to be late, so open shots will come from that. I mean, in regard to the Lakers, obviously you're going to have Davis and LeBron. That third guy is going to be kind of be patchwork like we like we've seen all playoffs. One night it could be Kuzma, one night KCP, one night Rondo. Caruso, who who knows, right? So, exactly. So, exactly. yeah, I, I, I mean, just like you said, with AD down the down low, which he should be, that's where he should be playing. I, I think the zone shouldn't be too much of a problem with Lakers. Like you said, you know, these swing the ball, gotta hit the open shots. Uh, you got Rondo, LeBron, high uh, basketball IQ. I think they'll figure it out. I don't think that will pose such a big problem to them. Okay, and then in regard to the the opposing side for Miami, this is the first series where they're going to have to face off against two legitimate stars. Uh, from a defensive scheme standpoint, I mean, last series they faced off against Tatum, and then Jalen Brown is not really that like legitimate superstar yet. And then the series prior they faced off against Giannis, and then number two is Chris Middleton. And the first series, uh, I guess it was Oladipo coming back from injury, and then. But they were missing Sabonis, I guess, right, as well, their second-best player. So this is the first series that they have to face. Two legitimate super-duper stars, two top five to ten guys in the league, wherever you want to put them, right? And then, so, I, I think ultimately it has to be Bam on Anthony Davis. I don't see any other option on that for that matchup. And then for LeBron, you got probably three guys, Crowder, uh, what's his name, uh, Iguodala and Jimmy Butler, and then maybe a little bit of Derek Jones. So, what's their be- their best way uh, to stop LeBron? Do they just make a prayer, or do uh, w- which one of these guys do they put on him? You know, I think, like you said, I think just try to wear him down, put a bunch of people on him. Um, I think Jimmy Butler guarded him a lot. I think when he was playing back with the, when it was Miami versus the Bulls, when he had the, uh, D Rose, as I think during that series. So, you know, you just throw a bunch of guys on him. Honestly, pray um, at this stage of his career, like still balling out at what 35 going 36. Um, as far as Bam, um, I think he'll slow him down a little bit, do a lot better job than the um, Joker. But I think Anthony Davis is just gonna outclass him. 
Okay, I mean, to me, yeah, that's like the, the most the pivotal key matchup in the entire NBA Finals. Uh, Up-and-coming Bam Adebayo versus Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had kind of this uh, little kind of little rivalry, I guess, or kind of debate before with another Kentucky guy, Carl Anthony Towns, and he he's seemed to have much better, uh, gotten the much better of that one, for sure. I mean, ever since that kind of debate started, now it's kind of... Uh, He's a, he's in the face of that again with another Kentucky center, up and coming center in Bam Adebayo, who is uh, has shown he's been pretty spectacular so far in, the, in these playoffs, and he's uh, well on his way to be becoming uh, the Heat's uh, go-to guy and best player for sure, and a perennial All-Star in this league, for just for everything he does, his versatility defensively, his athletic athleticism offensively. Has ability to shoot mid-range shots, long-range shots. So, is it imperative? Is it kind of uh, important for Anthony Davis to kind of uh, uh, spread the floor and kind of uh, kind of like uh, space out the floor to allow LeBron to get in there without Bam being at the rim for the rim protection? Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a good rim protector, and yeah, like you just said, it is good to really space the floor so LeBron can attack the rim. You know, penetration kick out type thing, or yeah, I think he's their main rim protector, right? Other than that, I'm what I mean, who else is their rim protector? Yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just those, those other perimeter guys who play, um, but they're not really rim protectors Crowder, Igadala, and Butler. And then, I mean, Derek Jones, I don't think he's really going to play much, but he's athletic and he, but other than that, it's just you got what Hero, Dragic, and what Robinson, who are mainly like spot up shooter guys. And I guess they kind of handle the ball a little bit with uh, Hero and Dragic. So I, I think overall, I mean, obviously the Lakers have the top two players. And then from three to eight, you you can probably say it's Miami, right? I mean, with, yeah, with, I think they have a more well-rounded, I mean, it's a league of superstars and they're top. I mean, like you said, you know, LeBron and I did arguably top five talent in NBA right now. It's just, it just can't stop them and. As you can see, throughout the whole series, it's just too much for everyone, and everyone just, you know, every now and again you'll get like you said, um, Rondo has a big game, or Kuz, or KCP, or Rondo, one of those like sprinkled on top, and it's just very hard to beat. Them. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, for the Lakers, uh, just a variety of different stuff, and then I think what's most important for the Lakers, and what doesn't really, I guess, kind of get mentioned, or maybe it does, is. Uh, I, I think they've kind of set their identity more as a scrappy defensive team, as kind of uh, as crazy as that sounds, because they they seem to kind of just lock down on uh, this, the opposing team's best players as more and more as the series goes on. I mean, you saw LeBron in the last couple games against Denver, uh, going up against Jamal Murray. You saw all the traps they employed against uh, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and then against Westbrook and Harden in the semis. So I think their defense kind of sets the tone, and then LeBron uh, sets the tempo, the, the pace offensively. Rondo helps them, out, helps them out with that a little bit as well, would take a little bit of, of load off him, uh, ball handling. But just from a, a standpoint of like rest, I mean, this is for sure the most rested LeBron's ever been in a playoff run, for sure, right? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Just with the whole pandemic thing went down too, and then... Lots of rest, and I think you're trying to see it as well. You know, just this whole playoff, very consistent, well rested, ready to go. 
Okay, so I mean, this is kind of a, a going a little bit off topic, but this is, I guess, an elephant in the room type question that I, I, I think I have to ask. And I mean, I think it's going to be mentioned. It's already kind of been mentioned. Uh, what's kind of the uh, historical legacy or impact of, of this title for whoever wins it? Is there is it going to be an asterisk around it? And what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think some journalists will already put it in as a asterisk type of championship season, but I don't think so, man. I mean, you have lockouts, you know, you have short seasons all every now and again. And this is like, you know, the pandemic is just crazy, crazy time to live. But I don't, I personally don't think so. I mean, even more so, I think during these playoffs, like it takes a lot of mental strength. Um, for the stuff I read, just being in the bubble, you know, not really getting to go out and be social and just kind of just you're in a hotel room and just with your teammates and stuff like that. So I, I don't think it's an asterisk at all for this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I would think it would be an asterisk, but in a good way, right? I mean, because... Just this whole exactly. this whole bubble situation. I mean, we saw we saw the Clippers uh, unravel in this bubble situation. We saw a, lo- a lot of other teams have uh, issues and stuff. I mean, a lot of like the older veteran teams have issues in this bubble. It seems like the young teams, for the most part, are thriving from it, ex- with the exception of the Lakers being that that one exception, the veteran team and kind of thriving and being mentally tough and I mean it's really tough being away from your families being in a hotel room I, I mean I, I get antsy on work trips living in a hotel for two three weeks I can imagine what it's like for three months I mean it's got to be uh, I mean, terrible on your mind on your psyche and stuff so I think it would be in a good way but I mean just I, I think in terms of LeBron just because of all kind of the scrutiny and how much how polarizing he is I think the media is going to kind of play both sides on this asterisk thing. I, I think they're going to, if he wins the title, they're going to say, oh, yeah, uh, he got he got an easy road. Milwaukee got eliminated. The Clippers got eliminated, this, that. And then, but if he loses, they're still going to bring to the table his three and seven finals record. So I don't know. I don't think they should be able to have both sides of that. They should kind of <laughs> stick on one side, one side of the fence there where, where they want to go with their arguments. But <laughs> he's really in a no-win situation, right? Like, if he loses for whatever reason, if they lose, they're going to kill him in media, man. Just, just rain down upon him. But like you said, even if he wins, he didn't have to play Clippers. He didn't have to play Milwaukee. You know, like, that's not his fault. That's not the Lakers' fault. They, they did what they had to do. That's not his fault. You're right, yeah. I mean, they, exactly. I mean, they took care of business. I mean, first the first couple series, they lost the first game. Then they adjusted and won four straight. And then they beat Denver in, in five games, a, a Denver, scrappy Denver team who came back from 2-3-1 deficits and is a young and up-and-coming up team for the future in the Western Conference. So, I mean, you got to give them credit. I mean, the leadership of LeBron having uh, the guys ready, uh, bringing Anthony Davis along in his first prolonged playoff run. And then uh, aside from LeBron, I mean, he, I'm, he's obviously my favorite player on the Lakers. The other guy I'm most happy for on the Lakers is Frank Vogel. Just considering how much, uh, I guess, uh, how much of a beating his Indiana Pacers took from LeBron <laughs> in his Miami years. I mean, I think they got eliminated three straight years by LeBron. I mean, they did, they did give them a little bit of an issue one of those seasons when Roy Hibbert was, was going off and his size just was kind of killing them in some of those series. And then young Paul George, I guess, as well. So, but... <laughs> They'd be on the other side, on the side of LeBron. 
I, Frank Vogel has seen the fruition of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he couldn't beat LeBron, I guess, in those years, so he, he, he became his head coach, and now uh, you got to hand it to him. And you got to hand it to him also on the side of uh, all those kind of uh, scru- all the scrutiny that came along in the beginning of the season when everyone was saying Jason Kidd is eventually going to take take him over he's not a real coach LeBron's the the big voice there so yeah much credit to Frank Vogel for employing his kind of uh, defensive system on the Lakers and kind of uh, getting it to stick and getting LeBron I mean kind of rejuvenated defensively him and Anthony Davis I mean uh, I I noticed a lot of slippage from LeBron from the defensive standpoint a lot of kind of lethargic attitude and kind of indifference to play defense and you see kind of just the energy of LeBron, I mean, defensively, I mean, some of the blocks, I think one sequence against Houston, he had like three straight blocks against Westbrook or something. <laughs> oh, he gave Westbrook nightmares that season, uh, that, that series, dunking on him and just haunting his ass that, that series. Man. Yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing to see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, huh, wish him the best, I mean, in, in this series. And, I mean, as far as my pick goes, uh, I'm definitely going with the Lakers. I think they're big favorites and – and deservedly so. I think they have the two best players in this series. They have, in my opinion, one of the two, three greatest players ever in LeBron. I mean, even in his seventh season, the, the uh, longevity, the elite level longevity is incredible. What he's doing, and then he's still even able to do it in the Western Conference. That was, I guess, another narrative for LeBron. He, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so <laughs> he's able to I do it in the West. Him, man. <laughs> He's able to do it in the Western Conference as well, but so, so uh, wish him the best. And as far as I guess, like the MVP goes, I mean, we both have the Lakers winning. I'll, I'll say in six, you have them winning in five. Uh, who do you think wins the MVP? Because usually in a, for LeBron-led teams, it's LeBron, no doubt. But I, I really think Anthony Davis has a good shot. So, what do you think? I mean, I say if, if Anthony Davis played the way he's playing, I, I would say Anthony Davis, honestly, man. He, he's, been, he's been carrying them offensively. Um, but like you said, LeBron's in tone. He's, he's putting his imprints on everywhere, you know. But I, I would say right now, honestly, Anthony Davis, AD. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm just going to go with LeBron. Just I think he's going to have a more rounded out kind of like stat sheet. So that, that would be the only reason. But I wouldn't be surprised one bit if – if LeBron or if Anthony Davis, excuse me, wins the MVP because he's been uh, playing excellent, superb, and he's definitely proved me wrong for sure. I had my doubts coming into this playoffs about him, especially from a standpoint of his role, kind of uh, down the stretch in late game pressure situations, and what kind of role he's going to play because I never really seen him before kind of create a shot in those situations, and exactly. he he kind of. Um, Proved me wrong throughout the entire playoffs, and then obviously that big game-winning three three-pointer he had against Denver in Game Two, so at the buzzer. So much props to him. I mean, he he's really proven himself. But obviously, as as we all, my main concern with him is just uh, the injuries coming in, and then I think Laker fans collectively are always kind of holding their breath whenever he goes down on a foul or anything like that. So. That's really the only only concern, like you said, barring any kind of unforeseen serious injury for the Lakers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Man. I, I had to hold my breath a little bit when he uh, twisted his ankle. Oh yeah, that was scary. Was I mean, <laughs> what, game four, I think it was. I think it was. I believe it was game four. Yeah. So. Yeah, 
But yeah, barring any any significant injuries, if Lakers don't really play like Lakers they have been, I don't see them losing. And you know, with this whole period, just it's for Kobe, man. I just really hope they win it for Kobe. You know. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's that's on LeBron's mind every 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 single day, just winning this season uh, for for Kobe and uh, just the unforeseen uh, tragedy that the tragic death of it of Kobe at 41 years old it's just it was a tragedy and uh the Lakers ever since then have just been on a mission to dedicate this season uh to Kobe and to hopefully raise up a 17 championship banner for for their franchise yeah that'd be great man well hopefully it won't be like a Detroit thing like you mentioned a few nights ago but I I don't think so man I don't I think the stars align for the Lakers yeah I mean uh I've just been hearing a lot about that, about just the the comps between the this team, Heat team and the the 2004 uh, Detroit team that upset the Lakers that that season in the finals in five games. I guess the one thing you can say about that 04 finals team for the Lakers is there was a little obviously a little friction. Phil Jackson was already one foot out, right? I guess uh, Shaq was unhappy with his contract. Over here, you don't really have any of that with this Laker team. I mean, Anthony Davis. Technically, as a free agent, but he's probably not going anywhere, right? Win or lose. Honestly, yeah, I, I don't so, think so. They, they seem just more of a cohesive unit, honestly. Like and then a lot of shit going on. Then Carl you had, Malone, yeah, you had the Carl Malone with uh, Kobe's wife or something, right? Uh, at that time. <laughs> that's that's Lala Land for you, man. <laughs> yeah, and then Gary <laughs> Payton as well, and then so yeah, just, just a, a lot going on. But yeah, like the, the parallels, you know. Miami doesn't have a true superstar. They got all-star, yeah. you know, Jim I mean, and all that, but they don't have a true superstar. Miami does not have a true superstar. Yeah, that's true for sure. I mean, very few teams, I guess, in the history of the league have won without a true superstar. I, I only count two. It's that one of them is the 04 Pistons team, and then the other one is the 2014 Spurs team, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But when you got two two players, arguably top five, and, um, I, I don't think they're losing, man. Well, yeah, I think many... Now, consider since Kawhi got bounced off the second round, people still consider him uh, number one, if not number one, number two. I think he should have got MVP over Giannis this year. Who, LeBron? Yeah, I think LeBron should have got just yeah. I mean, like, year seventeen, number one in the West. MVP as um, is, is a regular season award. I think my vote went to Giannis just because they didn't count the bubble, and I think LeBron really got screwed with. Uh, the, the COVID, it was unfortunate because I think he was really making a push at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, they, he beat, uh, they beat uh, Clippers and Bucks. Yeah, they beat the back, Clippers right? and the Bucks that weekend. Then they lost yeah. a close one to Brooklyn, and that was their last game before play was suspended. And I think oh, yeah, yeah. I think had, had the season gone on regularly, I think LeBron might have made a serious push and might have actually taken it. But just yeah. you look at that point, I guess, like, I think Giannis's season was very historic, and and prob- and just the defense as well. I mean, him winning Defensive Player of the Year. So that's probably at that point why my vote went to him. And if if they if they obviously counted the playoffs, my vote for sure would be different. But that's historically not not how it's gone. So that's yeah, why it is a regular season award at the end of the day. So yeah, um, I'm not, who, who's the last player to win both Defensive and MVP? Was uh, Hakeem or MJ? I think it was Hakeem. Hakeem actually in '94 won all all three: the the Finals MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, and the MVP. So. Damn man, that's balling. 
Yeah, LeBron was pretty close in 2013 as well to doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the, I think that year Marcus All won it, and he didn't even make the All Defensive First Team. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the same thing happened to Tyson Chandler the year before in 2012. So. <laughs> yeah, I remember Tyson Chandler winning with. Who did he win it with? The he won it with the Knicks his first season, oh, and then. I could say, yeah, and then he didn't make the he made the second team all all defense as well. So. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Uh, this voting and the Army BA stuff, but. Um, yeah, it should be a good series. A little weird with no fans, but. Um, yeah, I mean. Up for it, you know. It's been a no long fans. Years, I mean. Obviously, the electricity at Staples Center would have been, uh, I mean, I mean, spectacular. I mean, and Stephen A. Smith, our boy on ESPN, has been waiting his whole life for this series, Jay. I mean, Miami Lakers finals, <laughs> and now he gets it in a bubble. He can't travel back and forth between both cities and party it up. Yeah, that's- <laughs> it's unfortunate, man, but uh, it's, I think it'll still be a good series. Uh, these playoffs, you with no fans, still be entertaining. You know, it's not the same. You get the fans into it, the electricity, the, the atmosphere. But these, some of these players, when they play on the road, will be doing the same thing, man. I don't see Tyler Hero doing that on the true road game. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Hero has been spectacular. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, that that one game he had against uh, Boston, what game four, I believe. And then I, I mean, like Miami, they just got a good mix of everything. Good mix of young guys, good mix of veterans. They're well coached. They're disciplined. They have good uh, culture in their franchise. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough series for both teams. And but I, I think ultimately the the talented superstars for the Lakers uh, are gonna win out. But yeah, Miami. I mean, those guys, Robinson and Hero, could go off for a game and hit five threes and six threes in a game. So and then yeah, Lakers can't Lakers can't let that happen, man. Can't let those young guys give them confidence. And then I mean, I Butler and Adebayo could go off, I guess, and have their games as well. I mean, and then yeah. you have Crowder and Iguodala, the veteran guys. So it's just a, a lot of veteran guys on both sides. I mean, a lot of guys looking to get their first championship. Uh, I mean, Iguodala in his sixth straight fi- NBA Finals. LeBron in his ninth in ten years. So there's a lot of different storylines and then then you also have the the kind of the the storyline of Pat Riley and LeBron I mean how how it ended there right I mean you got to think Pat Riley and then some of those guys internally the executives of the Heat have to have have kind of been chomping at the bit for this moment to face off against LeBron in the playoffs obviously they thought it would happen in the Eastern Conference when LeBron went back to Cleveland but here we are now, LeBron on the Lakers, and Pat Riley, I think, ended his Laker tenure in not so uh, uh, rosy uh, circumstances as well, <laughs> in regard to the the way he left and then went to the Knicks. So you got to think there's something there as well. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, that's a good storyline, man. A lot of underlying issues will be like if people just want to get after him, you know, get one for personally reason but should be fun man should be, yeah. should be a good series um but gentlemen sweep man they've been doing it man gentlemen sweep uh, the they, they've had gentlemen sweeps the first three series and exactly. it but looks you know, like they've been doing a really good job on superstars uh, all-stars so i don't i don't see them having much trouble here honestly yeah. would you say this is their toughest matchup out of thus far 
Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't really think, I mean, a lot of people going into the Portland series thought Portland would be tough just because of how hot they were, but I didn't think they were that tough because, uh, because Portland didn't really play defense. And then Houston, uh, Houston, I never really took seriously. <laughs> I mean, we, we said they were frauds back in February when, when we, when he spoke, <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> and then uh, last series against Denver, I thought Denver obviously was a hot team, but I didn't think they had enough to beat the Lakers just because of the star power, and I didn't think Jokic and Murray would kind of just be as good as they were in the previous series. So yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. I think just from a standpoint, I mean, this this Miami Heat team is just a lot of different variations. I mean, a lot of unpredictability with this team as well with Miami, right? I mean. From the the standpoint of what defensive sets they're gonna throw, I mean, what who's gonna be come out and kind of uh, kill you on one night to the next. So I think it probably is the toughest matchup that they faced uh, this season in the playoffs. But you you look at like LeBron. I mean, they've taken care of business in elimination games uh, when they've ha- had to close out. They've been they're three and zero in that department so far. So uh, I don't think it should be a problem for them moving forward I, I, I'm going to say Lakers in six and LeBron wins his fourth finals MVP yeah, it'll be crazy man crazy year but it'll be nice yeah, we'll see what happens oh, I think at 6pm tomorrow I think yeah 6pm uh, Pacific time uh, tip off for game one but I mean this season will be weird as well because there'll be no parade for the winning team right so the Lakers are <laughs> used to having yeah. their the parade down Figueroa, so it doesn't look like they're going to get that this season either way. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's very strange, man. I've seen a lot of sports people celebrate. I watch soccer and stuff. They just celebrating for no one, you know, just like on the big screen or something. But uh, yeah, weird year, man. But still, still be fun to watch now. Yeah, I mean, the basketball, the NBA, I think has done the best at kind of just like uh, making it seem like the fans are kind of still there in some way. I mean, with the virtual fans and then kind of how they've uh, uh, situated the camera angles on the their TV broadcast and so forth. So they've made their product still look kind of somewhat mostly similar to what it was before uh, COVID took place. So uh, yeah, as it opposed looks weird, to... weird, but it, it's still, it looks, looks decent though. Like football is honestly just really weird. Yeah, football and baseball for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of notice the no fans for sure. <laughs> and then yeah, some of those other sports as well, tennis and soccer, I guess. But <laughs> basketball, I think, has done, norm, done the best job. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, yeah, basketball really, really gets the atmosphere right, I think, or as best as could anyway, the, uh, for the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, so uh, before we sign off for the night, any other uh, nuggets you want to throw in? Uh, no, I think you hit all good points. Okay, so it should be an exciting series. You got the Lakers in five, I got them in six. Uh, we'll see what happens. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Best of luck to your Lakers. Always, always. Thank you for having me. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy all of the NBA Finals games, and I'll be back in about two days for NFL Week 4 Scorching 6.